Welcome to Don't Feed After Midnight. I'm Steve. And I'm Mike. And today we're going to talk about a lot of shit. Tons of it. Tons of poops. All of the poops for all of the people. Big duties. Big duties. Alright, so we got a couple things to cover. We never really covered the solo movie. Like, I think we talked about it. A bunch of times. But we never actually covered it. And we've we've individually talked about how we felt about the movie as a whole, but... It's never it was something we sat down and recorded. Yeah. I mean, um, I didn't hate the movie. It was a little lackluster, I think, just, in a weird way. I think I liked it because it was Star Wars. I liked it because you know? it was Star Wars. It was... It was... <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to review when it's exactly what you expect it to be. Exactly. And this There's, is a, it, doesn't, it didn't deviate from my expectations ever. The problem with us, too, is that like we're big fans of Star Wars. So, I mean, realistically, they could have a Star Wars movie based on the guy who, like, polishes Darth Vader's helmet, and we'd be like, oh, oh, oh give. <laughs> I watch all of that give miniseries, please. Miniseries. Trilogy. <laughs> we don't use proper English. We just yell just at Just give them. me episode four through six of just that guy. Like, every, every time Vader leaves a battle, he gets pissed. He's like, this yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> you dirty, dirty bitch. You didn't have to touch down on Endor. You know they love shit. <laughs> you went to the ice planet of Hoth. You you've bastard. Been, you've been to Tatooine, all the sand. Fuck. You went to the hut planet, which is basically just shit. Right, he's just Literally pissed. feces everywhere. <laughs> oh, no, man. It would be, it would be funny. It would be fun. Like I, I mean, this. I think that's part of the reason I enjoyed Rogue One so much is because, I mean, I didn't care about that story. I mean, yeah, it was an interesting take on you know a little blurb from from uh, you know. The yeah, they movie. took like the one line of text and turned it into a two and a half hour movie. That <laughs> yeah, was and awesome. It, and it was pretty cool. I, I mean, I didn't it. hate it, but I think I liked it more than most episodes. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> as painful as that is if, to say, but honestly. Honestly, think about it this way. If Vader hadn't been in it, and they hadn't done that scene at the end, would you have liked it as much? It was shock value of, like, holy shit. I would not have liked the movie This is the coolest thing. I loved it, though, because it it played into things that Star Wars never plays into. Like, people that have some sort of Force sensibility, but they don't stray to one side or the other of the Force. Like, the Guardians of the Wills, they don't give a fuck if you're a Jedi or a Sith. They're just... They think the force is what's right. They like that was like the dude was fucking blind, and he used his faith in the force to survive a, a hail of laser fire from fucking yeah, it was a little. I mean, the, the was a black ops squad. I mean, that was like I was like really, really. It was the force. It was the force. It was. That's <laughs> what. That's what. You know, Han Solo said that's not how it works. But that is how it works. I don't know. I know. The stormtroopers. The thing is, the stormtroopers are not that bad of a shot. It's, I mean, they're bad. Well, no, those ones bad. in specific are supposed to be the biggest, like, basically black ops death squad of all the stormtroopers. <laughs> but a little bit of faith in the force, and he basically has the ability to throw off their aim. That was weird. It was. I mean, it was a good lesson to teach as far as Star Wars goes. They, yeah. they, they don't dive into stuff like that ever, okay, We're so. recording in the hotel room, by the way, so that background noise is Mike laying under a blanket like a baby because he's getting cold. cozy. That's ridiculous. That's 40 <laughs> degrees in here. Uh, I know. We do set the room temperature super, super, super it's cold. so cold. It's, I set it at 65. <laughs> you sleep better that way. <laughs> the um, 
uh, what you might call it. Uh, for those who don't know, by the way, I should reiterate, Mike and I work together, so we travel together. So <laughs> we're not shacking up in a hotel room for no, fun games, and we're not in sleeping bags or nothing. <laughs> no, 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 we're not popping tents up. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, we uh, we both agree. Solo was was fun to watch. It was a good movie. And the thing is. You know, there were scenes, there were parts of it, honestly, that I did not like. Some of the casting I thought was off. I did not fucking like, uh, what's his name from Cheers as the the old smuggler that teaches Han Solo the ways. What's his name? Oh, uh, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. It's, it's, I liked him. I just thought he was a little generic for a... Uh, he plays Woody Harrelson. Uh, yeah. In every fucking well, they movie. Well, had- I mean, and that's all he was. That's all he, he didn't is. put on an accent. That's all he is. There was he didn't no try accent. to change. But he didn't change his mannerisms. He just at all. he was himself from like Zombieland. Yeah, and yeah. just like he put on a smuggler's outfit for Star Wars. And this like, is the thing: like he doesn't. Um, when Woody Harrelson acts, he doesn't put on an air of being someone else. He's just Woody Harrelson. I mean, it's worked for him for so long that he's gotten comfortable doing it, though. But it, but it pulled me out of the movie, because every time that motherfucker opened his mouth, I was like, hey, I remember he was on Cheers. Hey, and, uh, Woody Harrelson. Uh, it sucked when Coach Wait, died. Why dudes huh? don't jump? That's why he didn't jump oh the whole movie. Oh, my God, it's so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. But, you know, but I, I did like uh, Khaleesi was in it. I did like her. She was good. Oh, my God. I always call her Khaleesi, because I, uh, I forget yeah, names. She was, yeah, she was good. Um... Donald Glover was good. He was amazing. He Donald was really was good awesome. as, as Lando. I want, right. I want to have his babies. When I, I, seriously, <laughs> I would. I would. He's uh, so good. He was really good, though. Um, when I first heard his voice, I was like, holy shit. Like, he really channeled Billy D in some parts of that movie. Like, um, even the guy that played Han, like, even if his face doesn't convince you or anything, as it shouldn't, because he's not fucking Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. there were moments where I was like, damn, that's a really Han moment. Yeah, he did pretty good. And I, t- I fully predicted the Han shoots first scene. Mm-hmm. I oh, yeah. fully predicted that. Because okay. I was like, there's no way they're going to do a Han Solo movie and not say, fuck you, George Lucas. Yep. Han shoots first. Because it, it was too big of an opportunity. Um, there was really odd cameos, too. Like, uh, the guy that's uh, Ron Howard's brother. Oh, him. He was... He was um, He's so awkward looking he, he's, and strange. He's gross looking too. He's got fucked up teeth and shit. He's he was in uh he was in Happy or not Happy Gilmore, uh Waterboy. Yeah. Yeah. He he's was, been in lots of stuff. He's played a monster. Yeah, or like it's an oddball. It's part of his character, like Woody Harrelson is yeah, Woody Harrelson. He just popped up for a second. I was like, what the hell is he doing in this movie? Um But I thought it was I thought it was a fun movie. I didn't really you you couldn't really go to this movie and take it as serious as like a major episode. You just got to take it as a for fun. We're gonna fill in the gaps for people that didn't have it spelled out for them. You know, like everybody that watches four through six knows that Con that that Han did the Kessel Run in you know however many parsecs, and it was the fastest it's ever been done because he cut corners. That we knew that. Yeah. Like we knew he freed Chewie from uh, the books. Yeah, and things like that. They didn't really touch on it in the in the movies, really. I mean, I don't even know when the first inkling of that was. If it was a strategy guide, or it might have been in, a, in a, one of those non-canon original books or something like that. But it was. It, I mean, it was something that like you really only knew the full story of it if you read the full story of it. So it was like 
they did they never touched on it in the movies. It was like, you know, Han and Chewie are just bros. Like, yeah, you know, but this movie just confirmed the the timeline of it. That was it was it, nice how they did it too. Yeah, yeah. it was he, all in an order that made sense. He liberated him. I always, you know, they had always said he liberated him from a slave camp or something like that. But yeah. Well, and it technically was, but it's it was different from how they portrayed it in the comics. Because yeah. in the comics, it was like, they they tried to say it was like Kashyyyk, and it was, you know, they were basically in cages of like 20 Wookiees, and Chewie was among them, and uh, Han saved them and shit. And it's like, alright, why did he pick Chewie out of all of them? It just didn't really give the full explanation. But in this, it's like he was he was used for, like... Like, he was trapped in a pit cage, yeah. and it was on a planet where it was, like, just nothing but nasty sulfur and dirt and shit, and it kind of tied together well. Um, but I, I feel like the the highlights of the movie mostly revolved around his interactions with Lando, his interactions with the girl, mm-hmm. um, Kira. Amelia Clark, who it, stole the fucking movie. She was great. Every scene she was in, she stole. She was beautiful, too. Um, what's his name? Uh, Vision. Uh, Paul Bettany. Yeah. He was really good as, like, a... Like, I didn't expect him to be no. as good as he was. No, he was really good. Um, and then the Darth Maul appearance at the end was, like... That was cool. I loved it because of what I know from Clone Wars. Um... Because they led into all these concepts of Maul uh, doing, like, gangster shit after a certain point. Because Clone Wars showed he was, like, getting back into the Sith life. And it was, like, he he, he lost his brother to yes. it. And, and so they linked that to the Clone Wars a little yeah. bit, didn't they? Big time and with him being having mechanical body. He had the mechanical legs back, so he wasn't cut in half like in Episode One. Uh, a lot of old people that just gave up on Star Wars were confused by that because they were like, didn't that fucker die in the first one? Well, no, because the fans that paid attention know that he survived because this and this. Yeah. And it's like, you know, a lot of people were like, what the fuck? Well, he, he just he's got lopped in half. I mean, right? that's, that's, I mean, he wasn't human. He was, he was a, uh, fuck, it's a, he's from Dathomir. Yeah. Um. But even then, he's not. He was raised on Dathomir, but he's not from Dathomir. It wasn't right. Or no, yeah, he's is. a Dobrak or something. I think that's what they call him, yeah. or a Daybrak or something. Da- but it's it's racist. a really. It, <laughs> I I didn't say it. George Lucas did. No. <laughs> I'd blame him for all racist shit. Oh my god, it's he's horrible, he's, isn't it? He's fucked up. <laughs> Those are the Asian guys, the, the Middle guys. Eastern. Oh uh, my god, the Tuscan Raiders are just a bunch of ISIS people. It's like, so it's bad. It's up. so bad. <laughs> but um. No, I thought it was a really fun movie. It has its flaws, but if you don't take it too serious, it's not a bad movie. That's the thing a lot of people, you know, with Star Wars and and things like that. You know, they like Spider Man and things like they get so into like the the mythos of it. It means so much for them growing up, mm-hmm. right? That they expect every movie to be a complete masterpiece, and it's not always going to be that. It way. shouldn't be. Episode one was a pile of shit. Oh yeah, it I mean, it, it, and like every Star Wars movie, it has its one or two highlights. And, I, and I'm guaranteed. Saying, and I'm not saying like, like like I hate it. I'm saying like you compare episode compare it to one every other one to Jedi. Not only the, the the quality of the acting, 
the you know obviously the, the special effects and mm-hmm. stuff like that and people would be like well well yeah but you know they were they were developing stuff and this that, and the other it's like well, Honestly, yeah, those people were professional actors what's what's funny is well yeah beyond the you acting know? but if you look at it's kind of weird because at the time the CGI was like way ahead of its time oh god yeah so Lucas was like fucking go all in on yeah, that yeah, shit yeah. cause he was like we got all this money from 4 through 6 and all the toys and shit that we can just do whatever the fuck we want so he, he was scanning people before it was even a thing like, yeah I mean the know? guy's innovative and he, the thing he is, is but he's it was not just, a terrible writer he's, I think I feel like his directing ability is just <sighs> I think what happened with those with the prequels and people can feel free to disagree with me on this. Yeah. I think he had a lot of yes men around him. Oh, absolutely. Excited to be working with the George Lucas, absolutely. and no one looked at him and said, "George, you really can't have all these guys that look like Asians talking like right. Asians. <laughs> you can't have all the banking guild people be like Jewish people. You, right? It's really you, not you, cool. You can't have an entire race of Africans." That look like fish. Oh my like, god! It's, it's, it's just not cool, bro. It, it was not. I don't know. It, it just didn't make sense. You know? Like it's, it was just funny. And it was, but it was, oh, it like, was because the man is like extreme. He was extremely wealthy. He was very isolated. Yeah. You know that's part of the thing too. Is you know people that like directors that get that way. I mean Hollywood elite that get mm-hmm. that way. You put a microphone in front of them, in front of them, and you ask them a question that anybody else would be like, "What? No, right. no, it's a stupid idea." What would you? They go. Well, that actually sounds kind of reasonable. Yeah, why don't we yeah. just why don't we put all the, the Japanese people in internment camps? That makes sense. Why don't I mean, we just do be that? safe, yeah, right? That makes sense. It's because they're stupid. You know, it's just and it's just a. It's he, he's one of them dudes. And there's nobody around him. I'm not saying George Lucas, by the way. Anyone, it would encourage people to be put in internment camps. I'm just no, saying, but, like, but it's along them lines. Like it's, the, the way he did the whole process for one through three. There's nobody there to say, please, you know, stop, George. You can't. You can't do that. And no. I think that's part of the problem with that original, uh, the prequels, I should say. Yeah. And that well, kinda, because with the original, it was all his original vision. But he had a long time to work on that, didn't he? Didn't he work on that the, for Well, like he worked on years? the original one for the, the episode four, like, for a really long time. But then, like, at by that time, he was already thinking up a sequel. And then he did five, and then he thought of the sequel for the next one. Harrison Ford didn't want to come back for that one, but then he he was like, you know what? All right, fine. And then they did six. And honestly, out of the three, six is my favorite. I love Empire, but six is my favorite. Um, I like the first part of Empire. I love Battle of Hoth is amazing. I love the first part of Empire. I feel like it just gets a little too slow for my taste in in the in the middle and a bit towards the end, but not when like once you get the Vader fight, it's Incredible. Well, I'm an extreme technophile, so I love like all the the the, the ion cannons and ad ads. I just and thought it. the worm part was kind of eh, in the, in the middle of the movie. Yeah, it was a little dead zone. They could have just had him hide and then escape and then go on and, and done more with Vader and Luke at the end. But. but I feel like six starting off with the whole heist on Java's palace was incredible. It was pretty cool. Um, and Le- Slave Leia. I don't even gotta say <laughs> that poor Curie Fisher. Right. She, um, well, that costume didn't bend because it was metal. So she she kept saying she was like, you know, I, I re-, she goes, I realized halfway through uh, the second day of shooting that any cameraman over top of me was getting a full view down my crotch because that crotch piece didn't bend at all. Yeah. So while I was standing, it was form fitting, but when I sat down, it was just like, Woo-hoo, you know. And not only that, um, the the cloth 
was like legit, like just a a flap hanging over. Yeah, yeah. So like Mark Hamill was seeing it like all day, every day while they were filming those scenes. <laughs> Ridiculous. And they were like best friends at the time. So it's like he just stuck watching it, and it's like she can't put on underwear because you need to see that there's nothing there. I mean, they could have put a patch or something. Like maybe they did. Who knows? Well, they were like they were pretty convincing that she's That's like true. she's flashing everybody on set. That's true. She did say that. And, uh, well, that was the other thing about the newer movies. Like you know, like Solo, the costumes in Solo, I'd say was. Uh, I liked a lot of pretty cool. I liked a lot of them. I like Kira's outfits the most, not just because it's Amelia Clark, but yeah, she wore rags. She wore really cool things though. Like I, I like the. Uh, like that jacket she wore when they went to Kessel, the, yeah. the white jacket with the the like the scarf and all that shit on, like she looked cool. And then like even when she was wearing the all black like dress at the end with the like it was like dress with pants, and she like she fought uh, Paul Bettany wearing it, and she was like yeah. sliding around the floor and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. She looked sweet. Um, yeah, but, some of the, I mean the, the smuggler outfits were cool, and the, Lando know, looked cool. There was a. You know, the, the costumes were good. The practical effects were cool. I think they used more CGI in that in there Solo. There was a bit more. Than, than they did, of course, in the Star Wars movies. I don't think there was quite as much. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see the, like, I'd like to see the, the, um, the DVD, the, yeah, the, 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 the Blu-ray behind see, the scenes. Yeah. To see what they did that was practical, because it felt like a lot of it was graphics. Hey, this is Paul Ritchie, and you're listening to Don't Feed After Midnight. But the rules don't apply to me. Feed me anytime. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to turn this microphone around here. We recorded the first part with the mic facing one direction, and I realized I, I, we switched the batteries out there, and I uh, turned it a different direction, so it might sound a little weird for a while there. Sorry! Um, the magic of recording things. Movie um, magic. Movie magic. Podcast magic. Podcast magic. There's no magic. Audio podcasts. magic. We're laying in... in Bed separated by four feet of space in a Hampton in Cincinnati. Very little magic. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the practical effects I really dig. You know, but I, that's why you know I I feel like a lot of people give the prequels shit for um, the effects they used, but a lot of people don't realize that there's so much practical effect to a lot of the prequel. There's actually well, more tons. practical effects in uh, Episode Two, I think they said, than the entire. Uh, original trilogy combined like there's that much practical effect the entire Geonosis uh, arena was a big practical effect as crazy as that sounds um, they made a miniature and then applied it to a, a, a stage like it was crazy they took full video of a miniature and then like and they built that arena the only thing that was really fake was like the background uh, Geonosians that was it Everything else, like these people, are on just a, a sand and pillar set with with video playing of That's a practical built thing, and is is crazy. Even the uh, episode one, the the pod racing arena, um, when it sh- shows that zoom around, that was just yeah. a massive miniature. And even the people in the crowd weren't CGI; they were. Uh, I think they said they took different color bendy straws. Like a ton of them, or maybe it was toothpicks, yeah. and they applied them to a machine that shifts them back and forth, and it makes it like it makes it look like a crowd jumping and moving around. Oh, and that's shit. cool. Yeah, it was really neat. Yeah, I like that. I mean, people do tend to focus so much on the CGI from the uh, the prequels, and they don't 
really realize how much went into that. I mean, yeah, I mean, there is bad CG. Oh, there's bad, definitely, really, even for the time, even for the time. Well, it was bad. Episode one was probably the furthest ahead of its time, but two on is when movies caught up, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like, all right, this is outdated. Like, yeah. Um, three, like we're talking Jurassic Park era shit going on. Yeah, You're like, like, what are you doing? Even uh, episode, well, even episode three, the the volcano shit on Mustafar was real shit. It was yeah. no, that was all practical effect. Yeah. But, I mean, you don't see that kind of thing when the rest of the movie is overwhelming you with CGI. So it's kind of like, all right, well, there's a trade off there. Like a really cool practical effect drowned in CGI. Oh, yeah. Um, that was pretty cool. Solo had a lot of good effects. I did like the creature in the Maw. That was, it was kind of cool. And that you know, in yeah. the, uh, what should we call it? Um, the Castle Run. Castle oh yeah, Day, you know the big ass like. Uh, it was like the size of a planet. Or it whatever. looked like a sarlacc that got free. Like it looked crazy, and then like it got its whole shell just like ripped off by the black hole. That, that was, was fucking sweet. Crazy. Oh my god, that was insane. I love that so much. It was like the Kraken in space. Oh, that was pretty, and it was the design was neat too. Yeah, I loved it. Um, god, that whole scene was wonderful. I don't think anybody that seen that movie would would say that that was a bad moment because that was just it was oh it was so cool. And um, that area, like near near Castle, okay, that maw is the stuff from the uh, the Timothy Zahn books, the, where the maw installation was, where they developed the Death Star. Right. The maw installation, for those that don't know, is this installation of uh, it's it's like a, a a mix of different like little structures that are floating in space uh-huh. between a group of black holes. There's really no way to get to it except for a really thin corridor, and you have to be extremely careful. Uh, getting to it, you know. Otherwise, like literally, like you just you destroy right, it. Right. So, like, like floating around the Mars installation itself was the prototype Death Star. It was just a skeleton with the super laser core, and that was it. You know, That's cool. It was really, really, really cool. So that was a nice tie-in that they used the Maw. I never, I never associated Kessel with the Maw installation yeah. or the Maw in general. But it's like right there, and it, yeah. it makes sense. I that thought it that was cool. I mean, it's surrounded by two two black holes. You said, yeah, yeah. So no, no, more than two. There's like five or six. Oh. The 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 entire thing with the Maw itself is a collection of like hundreds of black holes, which is why, oh, so why navigating just, is okay. so difficult. Yeah, and that's why I think all the swirling gases and stuff are there because it's it's planets and stuff. Nonstop like, gravity yeah. going crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so it's, sweet. it's pretty sweet. I mean, Tarkin, Grand Moff Tarkin knew the Maw installation existed. And uh, of course, the budget that funded it. When Palpatine, I think, was the only other figure who was actually aware of its existence, except for the people that lived there, right? Which were mainly scientists and stormtroopers. Uh-huh. You know, um, it was pretty cool, actually. God, that's like man, it was it was a really good movie. Solo, I, I think it wasn't great. Yeah, but I mean, for what it is, it's it's really it's got some really bright shining moments. It's got some fun stuff to it. I mean, Amelia Clark really. Shined. I was worried. I was. I hadn't seen her in anything since uh, the Terminator movie, and I know she's a great actress. I liked her in that movie. I didn't necessarily like the movie. Yeah, I, I feel she, like she played the role of his mom like well. Sarah Connor. Yeah, yeah, yeah she, she played that. She filled the shoes well. You know, she does. She's pretty much everything she does. She's good, and I've yet to see her in anything where I'm like, eh. 
Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, it's not just because she's beautiful, but she's really, really she's a, good a decent actress. Yeah, she's a really decent you know? actor. I, I like her. Yeah, and that, that made a difference in this movie. I mean, you had a, a bunch of unknowns, and you had people like Glover, who was like really charismatic. Yeah. And that man's got a really good stage presence. Yeah, it's, it was so funny, though, when you've seen the, the cast interviews and stuff. They were, uh, they asked him, like, you know, you're playing, you're filling the shoes of, of Billy D. Williams. Like, how did mm-hmm. you prepare for that? He was like, well, I talked to Billy. I went to him, and I was like, look, they want me playing you in this movie. I think I can pull it off, but I want your best advice. He was like, well, look, first of all, you'll never be able to beat me. Yeah, that's so funny. He I was like, that. I he was like that. second of all. Just be, just be cool. That's yeah. that's all he told him. He said, "Just be cool. Yeah, don't focus on it too much. D- yeah, d- just don't let it be natural. Just be cool." And he was like, "All right." So then he he just studied how Lando was and how effortless the coolness yep. of four through six was, or well five and six. But he just studied how effortless Billy D was, and then he was like, "Well." All right, I guess I'll channel it. Yep. And then he, I feel like he pulled it off. I mean, there was. Oh, he definitely did. There no, was very was... few moments where I was like, all right, that's not Billy D. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, it's obviously not, but, you know, he, he played the character right. Um, yeah, I think he did a good job. The uh, the droid was kind of fun. It was a different take, but it was. It it, it led into a section of the, of the lore of Star Wars that they don't want to ever touch on and it's like the, yeah you know the nav computer yeah. from the falcon how it speaks a weird, weird language it's like why of, is this uh where was it from was it a corellian it's a corellian cruiser right what the falcon the falcon the yt1300 corellian yeah that's yeah, a corellian uh, freighter yeah and it's like why why did that why did that one specifically have all this ability when there's clearly better ships in the galaxy like there's, it, it really just wasn't a, a reason for it. Like, it, he, Lando made it all stylish and stuff, but then, you know, it just felt like a normal ship. There's nothing too crazy about it. And then Han gets behind the wheel, and then the robot dies, and it's like, well, plug her into the computer. Yeah, because they needed her ability to map the maw. Yeah. And to map, you know, she could map things better she than She did it else. in, like, real time, like, on the spot. It was really, really cool. But it gives explanation for, like, why... Uh, they can navigate things so well in four through six, like just because he he has her in the in the ship, and it's not like her personality bleeds out. It's just a map, so it's I mean it's fine. There's no cannon destroying there. Um, that was a cool ship. I like to see it. I like seeing it all clean. It looked and, nice. And messed up. It was kind of fun. You Seeing know? the difference between it being like white and blue and sweet, and then like like pristine on the inside to like completely tattered and ripped up by the maw. Like it was it was cool. That was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I just I wasn't sure about it. The, the death scene of the droid was a little bit much. I thought it was kind of fun. Though. It was his reaction. Uh, Lando's reaction to it was a bit much, but I feel like. It would have sucked if it survived, so I I rather would have had that, <laughs> you know. I mean, it just the way they the way they did the the human robot romance thing. It was just kind of odd, but it was. I mean, it wasn't unforgivable. I mean, it was just like whatever. <laughs> the um, I was reading on the uh, Wikipedia, Wikipedia that. Uh, the com- its main computer was made of three droid brains. One was cannibalized from a V5 transport droid. Jesus. Another from a slicer droid, which was the one Lando had, I think. And the third was that of 
Uh, actually, no, the Celestial Droid, and then the third was that of L337, yeah. which was Lando's droid. So it was just a bunch of droids piled together. And she began as an R3 series astromech droid brain, but was overlaid with data architecture from an espionage droid, protocol droid processors, and custom state-of-the-art coding. Jesus. So that's why she became so kind of unique. She had so many different brains going on. like, And that's why her head also looked a bit like an astromech droid, because yeah. it was... Uh, Literally came from that. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Well, I mean, it, it also explains a lot. I mean, they, they touch into that with the now non-canon um, books a little bit with the yeah. Falcon and, and what it can do and things like that. There's all sorts of different shit with that damn that damn shit. That it's damn cool. shit. It's cool as hell. The um, the look of it with that pointed front, I did not like. I'm glad it got blown off. I liked it for the time. I was glad it got blown off, though. Like I, I liked that that was Lando's touch. He wanted it to be like that. Yeah. But seeing it get ripped off was great, too. Like, <laughs> it was at the same time. Because that's where the concussion missile launchers are, too, that Solo puts in right. there later, which provides a really, really good short-range punch for a ship that size. Right. The um, the sensor su- uh, suit that it has on and all sorts of stuff was also added later. I mean, Lando pretty much had its stock, except for, I think, the engines. I think the engines. Yeah. Had, I don't know. And, and the look of the ship was spot on. They didn't mess with it at all. No. I mean... Besides that front, it was like, you know, everything about it was pretty spot on. The interior was identical. It was just really bright and imperial looking. Like, a lot of white, a lot of uh, shiny floor. But, I mean, you can see that it was that. If you go and watch any of the other movies, like, you can tell that it probably came from that. And it just got dirty over the years. I mean, it looks very imperial in design already. But uh, it's it's really uh, I feel like they did a really good job showing it off though in the movie. Like they they show a lot of the Falcon, even down to Lando's like cape closet. Like <laughs> the dude actually installed a closet for his cloaks and shit. Like that's pretty sweet. I mean that's that's such a Lando. I would do that do. if I had all those cloaks. I'd have oh, yeah. clothes. I'd wear cloaks every day. I just have a closet for costumes. <laughs> I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> I am Iron Man. I wonder now, on the on the topic of Star Wars, like you've been reading that uh uh what should we call it? Um Wow, this is this parts we edit out, ladies and gentlemen. We're not keeping this in, we're editing this out. No, the uh the new comic book with this with the fighter pilot. Wow, I have a oh, horrible po- memory. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit, kids yeah. kill brain cells. <laughs> How can I not remember who Poe fucking Dameron is? That's horrifying. Oh, man, I'm dead. Wow. Yeah. So I've been reading. Getting old sucks. Yeah, I've been reading. Uh, <laughs> I've been reading Poe Dameron, and it's uh, it's been really neat seeing his progression through the the comics. It's not the same as like the movies, because it's like the movies they give you about five minutes, whereas the comics give you the extra hour that you missed of him. Like they explained what happened in. Uh, Force Awakens when he uh, when he crashes with the tie and then Finn gets out and he's like oh Poe and then the thing sinks into the sand like they explain that he got ejected yeah. and he was like over in a dune like you know they like fucked up. a couple hundred yards away and they touch they, they give him a bit of the mystique of Han Solo as far as the piloting yeah system. and you don't really you know? know if he's got abilities or if he's got some kind of background in the Imperial shit yeah nothing I mean with Han he was just a naturally gifted pilot 
You know, and I there mean, was they they because Luke and them they never came out and said he was touched by the force. They, no. it, it was a force sensitive. Maybe maybe really low level or the something. The closest thing we have gotten to that is episode eight when Luke's like, I'll be with you like if you strike me down, just like your father. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And that could have been taken as like he Guilt? just meant you killed me. Yeah. It's like your father. Or it could have been like your father will be hanging around over your shoulder like guilt. Or it could have been like you know, he's literally a force ghost watching you every fucking second, and you know it. Like, but to be a force ghost, so you have to be taught to do that. That's the thing. But the thing is, you can die and be taught later. So I didn't, it's. I didn't think that was possible because yeah. I thought like Yoda was instructed by what's his name by Qui Gon, but Qui Gon didn't learn how to do it until two years after his death. But I thought he had st- he had learned that or that non canon. What, what? Yeah, the the people before him was non-canon. Uh, they and they the uh, Clone Wars confirmed it that he Qui Gon is the first ever. But who went to the planet of the Force in the center of the galaxy or whatever? Was that Yoda? Qui Gon had been there first, I thought. Well, what happened was, um, well, there's a couple places like that in Clone Wars. It's kind of funky because eh. um, Obi Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka all went to um, Mortis. Which is like a massive, like, uh, it's like an anomaly, like a, a planet that shouldn't exist, but it's, it's more shaped like a diamond. It's really weird. And you just enter it. And, it's, and it has the Force family within it, which is a, literally a father of the Force, the daughter, and the brother. The daughter represents the light. The brother represents the dark. And, like, the father is just the Force as a person. It's fucking crazy. And, uh... During that arc of Clone Wars, the father uh, dies, and it's just left up to the brother and the sister. Huh. And then the the sister ends up getting sick and dying, or some shit, or maybe she got killed. I forget. The mother was the, when the, the became the Aboleth, right? Where she was like, I think so. insane and just absolutely cr- like I, crazy. I think so. And um, they, they they sealed her in the maw somewhere. I thought. Well, they explain with the family. That like the the brother surviving is just heavy foreshadowing that the dark is coming and like Obi Wan has a vision of Vader he has a vision of Anakin killing people and he has like all these crazy like views or like just premonitions of like what the coming Order sixty six shit is yeah. and he's like this is all bullshit I'm just being shown this because I'm in a force heavy area um, but like at the same time Yoda's off on his own quest. And he goes to the Sith homeworld, he goes to the Jedi homeworld, he goes, like, fucking everywhere that's important to the Force. Like, he went there. He went and saw the spirit of Darth Bane oh. and talked to him and shit. And he was like... Like, he, he went to Dagobah for the first time, and that's when he met Qui-Gon's ghost. And, uh, and then he met Dark Yoda, which was, like, the first time he went through the tree. Oh, that's right. And the because in the the old Timothy Zahn books, they describe that as be, that that tree in the tunnel as being like there was a crashed ship from like forty thousand years earlier or something mm-hmm. like that from the uh, ancient Republic era, and a dark Jedi had died there, and that's yeah. why it was like that. Mm-hmm. And they've rewritten that like several different ways, but yeah. it's along the same line. It's not like um like they haven't explained it in a way where it's like a. A person caused this. It's more like the force 
wills it so it's it's vague so that they can uh, explain stories later i like that thing i, the, I like the, i like, like the ship though. the yeah, the craft ship thing I like I thought it, it, was kind of fun. It, it adds different mystical oh god shit yeah. to it it's really cool yeah they, they touch on that here and there i mean like solo i mean there's some parts of solo like you know they they kind of you know there's obviously you know like space stations and there's mm-hmm. these places in the planets that have been there for thousands of years yeah you know and the thing with the star wars universe is that a lot of people forget is that like you know, the old Republic era is just like, it stretches back for like 10,000 years. Yeah. And it was like that for a long so time. So they've had space travel for 10,000 years. I mean, it's like. They haven't really upgraded anything either in fucking 10,000 years. There's still a bunch of people running around with laser swords and fucking and laser guns. And like, <laughs> that's just it. Because yeah. the technology doesn't get much better than this. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. They reach their peak, you know. Yeah. Like, there's very little things advancing at a time and most of them are weapons like some ships are advancing or whatever but like most, most of the R&D seems to be in droid, droid development you know yep. artificial and then, intelligence and then it got into like the super ships. weapons yeah. like the, the Death Star like um, the second Death Star <laughs> the Star Base uh, or Star Killer Base um, the Dreadnought like the Star Destroyers as a whole were just massive R&D projects starting in the the Republic era, before the Imperial era, the so, Eclipse class Star Destroyers, and yeah, stuff. Eclipse, I like it. The Eclipse class are awesome, um, but yeah, it was just neat uh, seeing so many things that yeah, so through a bunch of really neat mixes, a, a lot of old references that yeah. people don't really understand unless they pay attention the to tec- all of it. The technology, the aliens, like yeah, the, the, the oh, the leader, the rebel. Like rebel, she was that that adorable uh, girl with the freckles and the kinky hair, whatever. Oh, oh she was, she was I beautiful. Forget, I forget her I, name. I loved it though. Loved but it. Her outfit was fucking sweet. Oh, it was awesome. And the mask she wore was awesome. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of. I, there was really nothing about that movie I did not like. It just, for some reason, it didn't quite capture. I, you know, it, it, did, it didn't do what Rogue One did. Part of this thing is, and Mike and I have talked about this before. I think it's that. You know, Star Wars movies used to come out every two years or so, maybe three years or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, and it was like a big, real special thing, you know, when it came Yeah, out. the episodes, it was always a two-year gap every time. And now we're getting, like, sometimes two a year. And I think it's just that we're getting, we're getting saturated with it, so we're expecting yeah, way we, more. We got, we got Last Jedi and Solo within seven months. Yeah. And so, what's that tell you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it's, it's fine in a way. I mean, it just... I'm glad like, it happened. Solo could have almost been a Netflix series that went on for 12 episodes sort of thing. I, I would have loved it. Yeah, you know. And that's the thing with I think Disney's going to do, hopefully, with their streaming services. Oh, they got, uh, they just confirmed, speaking of, John Favreau's got his show coming, and it's set in the time um, just after, well, it's like set in the Resistance beginning days, but it's going to have the funding equal to Game of Thrones funding. So this show is going to be like over the top incredible as far as production goes. That's going to be fun. And it's John Favreau writing it. This dude fucking wrote yeah. Iron Man. He's like, great. No, he's, he, and he's funny. And too. he's an ultimate nerd. He loves Star Wars. He would never try to tarnish it. Um, and at the same time, they got Clone Wars season seven coming back. Uh, they got they got a Resistance cartoon coming. So they're going to have both of those probably running at the same time on their streaming service. That's, That's fucking cool. crazy. Um, God, 
Star Wars got so much shit going on. It's they insane. Do. And there, you know, Star Wars has the potential now to do what Star Trek did, which is have multiple series out at the same time, start doing a TV series. I don't think a, a television series of Star Wars would work necessarily. I don't think it would work on TV. Yeah, on, if, on Netflix or something, it'd be fine. Great, you know. But but like you know, like well, like Game of Thrones, you know, with HBO, so they do like one was it one a month or some shit. You something know, it seems like, that. like you know. But I don't know, man. Like, and they're very limited. Yeah, there are. As well, that's the thing. Well, and this is the thing. With the more movies that come out, the more they can expand upon the, uh, you know, the shit. They could go back to the old Republic era and do shit. And like you, you're the I'm thing. S- I'm so hoping for a Revan or a Nihilus movie. Or uh, a, the problem with stuff like that, though, is there's specific people like us that know who they are. Yeah, you can't go and throw a Darth Revan like. You know, movie out there or a TV show out there, and expect everybody to, to understand who the fuck it is. You know what right. I mean? Like, well, they I feel like they would have to do it in a Knights of the Old Republic way, where even he doesn't know who he is, uh, and then it gets revealed at the end, and then they do another movie with him being a fucking Sith beast. Because <laughs> like, Knights of the Old Republic was like it was one of the biggest twists in gaming in the in that decade, like. It was just, you play through this whole game thinking you're the good guy because you got guided by a blind, like, ex-Jedi chick. And then you come to the end and you're told that you're fucking the bad guy that you've been hunting this whole time. And it's like, what the fuck? (laughs) I just put, like, 120 hours into this just to find out I'm the bad guy. It's pretty fucking funny. Like, there's so many things they can do. And because those characters are in games where there's heavy choice option you don't have to have the set story because there isn't a set story besides the main events. It's true. So all that shit in between, you can do whatever you you want as long as it tic-tacs between them points and finishes just at the same spot. That's very true. It'd be fucking awesome. And Nihilus, like, he was the shit. He was, like, he literally was using the dark side to, like, suck the soul out of planets and shit. Like, he was, he was literally, like, sucking the life out of people with the Force. Like, he was that dark. And and I think it actually came to a point where he literally sucked an entire planet's worth of life from orbit. Like, he just, like, focused all that negative-ass energy and just killed the planet. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. And it would be nuts to see in a movie. But... I don't know. I, like, I, I liked it. I thought... I thought Solo was pretty freaking funny. In certain ways, too. The comedy was okay, was spot on. The the ending, I think, is the only thing I really had a huge problem with. I thought they could have... It was written interesting. I thought they could have done a little bit more with... Um, I don't know. Just, I mean, they could, I f- the one thing I feel like lacked was... The ending was kind of like... concrete like, ending Yeah, instead for, of an explosive ending, it was just like... Yeah. I, I was... It needed to be more concrete for Kira. Uh-huh. Because it was just kind of like, she sends him off, and she's planning on becoming the leader of this gangster organization. But is she? Like, she just kind of takes the ship and leaves. There's and they're no, not, and they're not, they're not going to make another they're movie. They're not going to go back and touch on they're, that. They're not. No, and that's because I mean, it performed so poorly at the box office. And the sad part is, I don't think it really performed poorly for... For Star, Star Wars, of the movie. I think Star Wars fans went to see it. I think people that were not Star Wars fans did not go to see it. And, and you know why? Because it came out in the same month as Infinity War, the <laughs> third biggest movie of all fucking time, and then Deadpool 2. And it's like, these people just spent 
30, 40 bucks in the theater to go see Infinity War. Yeah. They saw it two, three times. Yeah. And then they went and seen Deadpool 2 like a week or two later. And then you got Solo coming right after that. The, the momentum was gone by the time it hit Solo. So it's like, you know, people are already burned out of yeah. their wallets going they to should, see all They should have pushed it back a little bit more. I mean, look at right now. And knowing it's Disney, yeah, like it doesn't make sense that they did that. It was almost like they wanted it to do just, eh. Uh, like it, it didn't do great at all. Like it, it actually had Disney rethinking what to do with Star Wars for the next couple years, which is kind of concerning because it wasn't a bad movie. No, and the thing is, is like, if you look at right now, what's in theaters? Jack shit. Nothing. Nothing's going on for Fucking next year, man. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah, man. And for like the next year, right? We have nothing. We have nothing until Aquaman, I think. If they had simply waited, like four months. And then put it out. They could have put it out this month and fucking banked. It would have been humongous. Absolutely. Because nothing else is out. Ant-Man and the Wasp was the last big movie. And we don't have another one for like another two months. Yeah, it's crazy. And then fucking Marvel doesn't have another movie until Captain Marvel. And that's not until fucking February. So like, that's another five months away. So... Yeah, it's kind of crazy. The, um... The solo movie... In general, I think was a success. I liked it. I liked the, the the look of it. I had some reservations about. it. I didn't like the ending. I liked the actors. I liked the, the actor they had played Han was fine. He I was thought unknown. He was fine. I thought it was good. They did an unknown practically for well practically unknown. He's probably if the, if they scanned Harrison, I would have been upset. Yeah. I mean, I know I know Harrison probably has been scanned for that kind of shit just in case. Yeah. But if they would have did that for the whole fucking movie, I would have been like, really. Yeah, you can't do that. It's it's not quite the tech like, is close. Because I I liked there. I liked Tarkin, you know that was cool. In, in Rogue One. It yeah. was it was a really decent effect. And it was just enough. It was just enough. I even liked the the three seconds of the Leia that didn't look a hundred percent accurate. It didn't. It like I didn't even need it to be a hundred percent accurate. No. I just needed that that moment of knowing she has the Death Star plans. Like that was perfect. You know what they need to do mm. while. She still looks like her before she like really you know hits. Well, she's hit puberty, but before she gets older and her her like facial structure and shit changes, mm-hmm. they need to have Millie Bobby Brown play a young Princess Leia in something because that girl, the Ram. she looks just like her. I mean, she looks really, really, really close to Carrie Fisher. Well, even more so than Carrie's own daughter does, and her daughter was in those Star Wars movies. Bale was still alive all the way up until the point that Alderaan gets exploded. Yeah, and that actor is always down for Star Wars. He showed up in Rogue One. He oh, yeah. is always true, down for Star Wars. Jimmy Jimmy Schmitz. Is that his name? Yeah, Jimmy Schmitz. Yeah. He's, he's good. He's, he's an good, NYPD he's a blue really for a very good, long time. Really good actor. He's only really remember that show. That guy and the fat guy's crater covered ass. <laughs> That's like I mean, like I I remember I was a little younger, but I remember like I'd watch episodes here and there and I'd be like, Yeah, it's Jimmy Schmitz. That's kinda cool. Yeah. Oh my god. I know. Look look it up, kids. Look it up. Look it up. Look at all that delicious ass. Oh, it's horrifying. It was the first <laughs> time on national it made a big deal of his national TV. It was like it was the first time they said fuck on TV. They were like, Oh, you know. Oh my god. <laughs> the horror. But yeah, yeah. I no. think overall because because it was it was just placed at the wrong time, it was a financial failure to, to you know to to Disney, but it was a for what it is, it was a it was a good movie. It was a solid movie. It was a 
It was a summer movie. I mean, what do, it you, was. What do you really expect? It's not like it was, you know, the recent Jurassic Park. No, it wasn't a flop. That was right. terrible. Painful. I watched, Kelly and I watched that. My wife and I watched that. It had like one or two scenes that were like, oh, cool effects. And then everything else was like, why are we doing this again? Well, I will say the little girl that played in that movie was hilarious. Again, you know, as, as a father show. of two kids, I'm always just like, ah, Steen Sealer. Stealing the show. Stealing the show. She was horrible. Um... <laughs> Uh, whatchamacallit uh, yeah that you know I, I think that Star Wars movies like Solo have potential I think they just should have done it a little bit different I don't think you I know, think they should if they released it at a different time it would have been better were, I still would have gone to see if it if it were a standalone movie that were released on its own through Netflix or something like that it would have been fine I just feel like because they pushed it for a commercial release and then it had all this development troubles because the Lego movie bros fucked it up and then Ron Howard had to pick up the pieces and make it good again. Mm-hmm. I feel like all that development shit—they should have pushed it back further. First off, anytime you mix mix directors like that, you have issues. Yeah. What else do we see happen with that? Justice League. That's because what it was. Joss fucked it up by turning it into Avengers Two, and everybody fucking hated Avengers Two after the fact. So I mean, like, I love the movie, but it's it's like Joss took all the bad parts. And just threw it into Justice League. Mm-hmm. And was like, yeah, I did this in Avengers and it worked. No, that's not how this works. It's supposed to be different from Marvel. You make it unique so people like it. Like, instead we got all of the same tropes that Joss is famous for. Yep. Shitty catchphrases, bad humor, and fucking cliche action scenes that just kind of suck. I mean, the heroes turning on each other. The... The fucking god, the the mustache scene. <laughs> god damn That's it. so bad. That's all Josh's fault because they didn't reshoot until he got in the position. They should have had him have a beard. We're going off on tangents here, but man, they should have had fucking Superman with a beard would have been cool. I'm waiting to see that. As, yeah. a, as an old guy with black and gray hair, I have to say I want to see Superman with black hair. I want to see him with a beard. Maybe it's fun. Well, they they shot it with a beard at one point because he had the black suit at one point. And he was wearing it. They have they have set photos of Superman with long hair and a beard, and he's got the fucking black suit on for when he goes evil for a second. That would've been sweet. And it would've been fucking awesome. That black suit's in the uh, modern comic that Superman Rebirth that last last episode. You and I. It was in a fucking deleted scene of Justice League. They they had it floating, and he never put it on. It's stupid. It's kind of dumb, but what can you do? Joss fucked it up. Zach lost some family, so he couldn't finish it out. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, feel bad for Zach. Yeah, yeah they. Um, a lot, it's funny. A lot of the movies we've seen recently that small fuck ups like that. Yeah, have, have kind of ruined it. it. Yeah, and it's not just because we're nitpicky nerds. You know, it's just that you watch it happen. Like Mike and I enjoy movies from a variety of, of genres. You know, yeah. I like. Well, except for romance movies, don't go. No. Oh, I throw up my heart. No. <clears throat> I can't do it. Um, which makes me sick. Um, Kelly made me watch The Notebook, and I was like, oh, why? No. Why? Tell me what you want. Tell me. <laughs> oh my God, it's so bad. Um, but you know, like I, I like, you know, even like spaghetti westerns. I like old movies, mm-hmm. new movies, all of it. Really bad sci-fi movies and stuff. Jesus. Mystery Science, Mystery Science Three Thousand is hilarious. It's incredible because of you know the bad movies, you know. Manos in the Hands of Fate is or Manos in the Hands of Fate is just like one of the worst movies of all time. Garbage. But it's fun to watch because it's such garbage. Um, so you know, I don't mind if a movie has cliches in it, 
once in a while. I don't mind if movies have a few bad spurts. I do mind it when the movies are a gigantic cliche. Yeah. The entire movie become, becomes a cliche. And it's like, like it's like well, horror movies where there's a, a murderer or a monster or something. Kelly, my wife, will not watch um, uh, mystery movies with me because I figure it out within the first like 10 minutes it's usually. Obvious. I go, yeah, he did it. She's like, God damn it! And then like an hour and a half later, yep. sure as yep. shit. She goes, you son of a bitch. I'm I like, I know, you. I know, I know, I know. It's a gift. It's a um, gift. It is. I don't know why. I think it's because I can, you know, I know a lot of writers. Right. You know, and I, I think it's because I'm so old at this point. I'm so old. I'm 41. I'm not that old. But I've, I've seen so much shit that I can look at a movie and I can see where the writer went with it. Right. And where the logical next step would be. And I just figure it out. Like, after years of experience with horror movies, yeah. you watch Scream for the first time and you're like, it's the stupid boyfriend. It's exa- yeah, exactly. It's yeah. the stupid boyfriend. Yeah. And then it gets to the end, it's like, yep, yeah, fucking called it. Like, yeah. <laughs> And that guy's gonna die, and that guy's gonna die. Because but that guy's not like really this. dead because you didn't see him die. It's right. Funny. It's, it's gonna be all cliche. But it's pretty bad. But yeah, so that's our, that's our solo review as it was. I mean, it's, it, it's funny because we, we've talked about it a few times here and there, but we really wanted to uh, dive in. Kind of dive into it and, and give our thoughts and the thoughts. real thoughts on the whole thing. Yeah, it was just like, eh. I don't know. I didn't, I, like I said, I didn't hate the movie. I thought it was, it was adequate. It was I'd a, give it a, a probably a solid six or a seven out yeah, of ten. Yeah, me too. You know? it, was, it was a solid Star Wars, sh- you know, movie. Yeah, it had really good actors in it. It had really fun special effects. It had um, some really cool moments too. Except the the Wookiee that looked like she was from Planet of the Apes was fucked up. You know, that was a dude. I was upset when I found that. It was out. a male Wookiee. Yeah. It was a male Wookiee that was just really fucking old. It like, looked. It literally looked like freaking. Somebody had taken Ron Howard's brother and put hair all over him <laughs> in a Wookiee. I'm just saying, the forehead was huge, did, the face man. made no sense. It did. Man, it was so, I was so disappointed because it wasn't Mala. It was just some random fucking Wookiee that was being tortured. It was bad. <sighs> I mean, he was getting fucked up. Seeing Chewie whoop them dudes' ass was like awesome, though. It was pretty sweet. See, watching him like slam the dude and just all that. When he like, Cattle prodded the one dude, and then he's just like, "Ah, fuck that cattle prod!" Hands it to the other Wookiee, and he just beats the shit out of him. Like, it was so funny. I was kind of hoping he was gonna rip somebody's leg off and beat him with it or something, but it was hilarious. They, they, they would have made a hard R right, right there, <laughs> instantly, <laughs> instantly hard R rating. <laughs> oh my god! And so, so some other movie news that we could touch on real quick, actually, while we're recording, is the um, the uh, the fact that. Chris Pine and also um, the guy that's uh, plays Thor have, yeah. have both uh, walked away from the Star Trek movie. They're not doing it. So, so that series is done. Chris no, Pine, it's 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 in the universe. It's it's just not going to center around the Enterprise. No, no, I mean they're not. Like, he's not going to play Captain Kirk. No, yeah, that's what I'm all. saying. Yeah, so there's going to be no Kirk in this next movie, and. There's not going to be... Chris Hemsworth's not playing Kirk's dad in the next movie. They, they looked at the script, they were like, oh, fuck no. Well, it's... And they well, walked it's, away This from is it. the Quentin Tarantino one. Yeah. They're, I mean, like, they're doing it like the brutal movie shit. Like, people getting stabbed and shit and fucking blood everywhere. Like, they're doing it like the darkest moments from all of the movies. I don't think it's going to as, as I think it's going to be hilarious. Well, I think it'll be funny. And I feel like a lot of... Is it going to be a Star Trek film? 
Oh yeah. I don't really. Know. Oh yeah. I'm just saying in general, like I know Quentin with movies. He's very he studies what he's gonna do before he does it. Like Kill Bill was in like the first oh, yeah. first one was an ode to you know Japanese like everything. Everything. Like, yeah. Like anything like to do with the samurai culture, the the Shaolin shit, like anything to do with Japanese culture. He he just like dove in for that kung fu movies especially um and same thing with the part two but the part two is more western in nature um and then he did like three western movies back to back to back and he hasn't really flopped since grindhouse which was to be honest it was just you know he wanted a reason to team up with robert rodriguez again and it was ridiculous <laughs> Like, oh, there was the nasty-ass scene where he, like, he got infected by the zombie shit and, like, his, his balls, like, grew to the size of a damn uh, grapefruit and then exploded. It was fucking disgusting. But uh, that movie was his last flop, and that was, like, seven years ago or some shit. So, I don't know. I feel like he's the kind of dude that would take care of it. It's not going to be, you know, what we know as Star Trek, but it's going to be R-rated. And it's gonna be f fucking off the walls. So, I mean, I just I, I'd probably expect like take the most crazy moments from Star Trek of all time and just put them in a mashup, and that's probably what this is gonna be with but they're not, they're with light with light story in the middle. It's gonna be a lot of action and blood and guts and war. I don't know. Star Trek was never really. Even the darkest parts of DS Nine were more intellectual torture. Than anything uh, like where Miles O'Brien had to spend twenty years in a prison. I've seen some dark shit, though. but it was just in his I mind. I don't even watch Star Trek, and the few bits I've seen, there's moments where it's like, "Holy shit, did that just happen? Like this dude just got fucking gutted." Like, what? The, the, yeah, like in some of the movies, I've seen just brief glimpses of moments where like Klingons got fucked up, and it's like, "Damn, they did that. Like it's fucked up." But I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think in my head, like, how is Tarantino going to pull it off when he's used to, like, somebody gets hit by something and their fucking head flies off or some shit. Like, it's it's always too much over the top with him. And I just, I, can't, I have trouble seeing it. So until I see a trailer, I'm not going to have anything really meaningful to dive in about. Because he's just, he's too much. I love every movie he's done, but it's just, he's so over the top. He's in my he's in my favorite director. I list. do I, th I do think he's gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting to it's see. I'm definitely gonna fucking see. Oh, it's it. gonna be funny. You know, it's gonna be freaking hilarious. And you've got like they've made some really weird choices in the Star Trek world recently too. You've got the guy they picked to play Spock on Discovery. Yeah, he looks vaguely Vulcan-esque, but nothing like really Leonard Nimoy. Oh, he does. Uh, well, I mean, what are you gonna do? Rip Leonard Nimoy. I mean. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you could pay what's his name, Zach. Uh, or what's uh, what's his oh, name? they're not going to bring Kinto in there you because pay him tons of money. They're not going to do. Did you know that. Michael Dorn? They wanted Michael Dorn to be on Discovery. Who's Michael Dorn? Worf. You're dead uh, to me, by the way. I'm going to bury you where no one can find you. Uh, um, they uh, they offered Michael Dorn a shot at Discovery. He says, "Yeah, okay. Um, I want the exact same fucking amount of money I got when I was on Star Trek Nemesis, the movie." Oh, and they were like. Uh, That's a lot of money. <laughs> no, he's like, I'm Michael fucking Dorn. Who do you think I am? <laughs> Jesus. 
That's awesome. That's crazy. That's a lot of money, though. Movie money for a TV show. Well, I don't know. The thing is, though, like, how much did he get paid? A couple hundred thousand? You know, maybe? Yeah, you don't really know. It's hard to say, but you know. I feel like if they did Zachary Quinto, people would have been pissed because their whole poll for the show was that it's not JJ-verse. That was, like, the biggest thing they wanted to get clear was that, no, we know people don't like the new JJ shit, so we're not going to do that. We're not going to have Chris Pine show up. We're not going to have, what's his name, uh, Chris Pine's dad ever be a real thing. Um, did they ever have his dad in the movie? They didn't have really? they didn't have Papa Kurt and uh and JJ Verse. I don't think so. Yeah, well his dad died the in the very first movie, remember? Did they show him? Oh yeah, that was him get that got blown up the front of the you never saw the movie, did you? I did, I just don't remember it. He was he was he was the one who he saved his son's life by ramming his ship into a like, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been, it's been too long since I've watched the first one because I just didn't like it. I mean, I thought it was okay in parts, but I just didn't like it. I just, yeah. The second one I felt was a bit better because Benedict Cumberbatch was not bad. <laughs> but, but it was like, I don't know. It just, it never, none of it really hit like and stuck with me. It was just kind of... Like, I, I felt like it was just something to glance at, and that was it. So, hmm. Zachary Quinto would have been a big mistake. Is it? I don't know. Because J.J. Verse just gets too much hate for that to work. and That's true. And then people would be confused because people are dumb. <laughs> people are dumb. <laughs> people would be like, so is this? Is this? They're like, no. But <laughs> People be stupid, yo. People hella dumb. You know. Yeah, they... I don't, <laughs> Just, I don't know what they're gonna do with that series. I watched it. And I was just like, well, I like eh. I like what they're trying to do as far as bringing uh, like the Enterprise into it, but I'm not sure how long that's gonna last. Well, they can't because the thing is, it's not. There's a timeline issue where it can't be like the Enterprise is just hanging out with the Discovery for a decade. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, the timeline pre. Kirk era is pretty loose, except that you know that Captain Pike was there. Yeah, and he did a lot of shit. Yeah, and that you know, but they never they never really focus on what he did. Nothing canon anyway. Mm-hmm. Nothing on film. So you know, you've got now a there lot is of options. That. Yeah, but I don't know, dude. Like they really they fucked up the design of Dana Price and brought it. I realize it's not going to be like nineteen sixties, but as I said this yeah. before, you know. They should have fucking left it alone. They should have left it gunmetal gray. You got, I got to wonder, be. though, like if they just didn't, if they weren't given access to that kind of shit, though. Like, I mean, because I know you can digitally recreate shit and whatnot, but there's always going to be flaws if you don't have the exact model. Oh, they have, they, they've got this stuff. They, you could go out right now and buy a fucking Ertl toy kit based on the original 1960 design and slap it together and take a picture and it'll look exactly like the 1960s one. Because they haven't changed anything like that. Yeah. Those model kits are identical. I mean, and they had complete scans of all the original ones before they sold them at Sotheby's at that uh, 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 thing. So, I mean, they know. They, the thing is, somebody was like, we've got to update it might look a little cooler bit. if we do this. It'd be cooler if we do this. And that person should have been dragged in the street and had his balls chopped off and shoved in his mouth. And then they should have <laughs> well, lit him on fire. Well, you know, it was probably that guy's Then choice. they should have lit him on fire. And then you come, and then somebody comes in, and they're like, close enough. Yeah. And then they're just like, all right, cool. And then they did that. It's done. Oh, but, 
you know, I, mean, I am excited to hear that Patrick Stewart's getting his own series. Yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Oh, I got a huge, turgid nerd boner from that. Super like, veiny. Whoa. <laughs> Pulsating. I was like, ah, no one talking to me for about 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm going to go in the corner. I'm going in the corner. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I put on my ballads. I oh, my God. I stared off into space, and I was like, take me away. <laughs> no, it's going to be cool. I, I can't wait to see it. I love Patrick Stewart, man. He I, is, I had emailed the um, M-Class podcast guys about that. It was like, you know, what do you guys think? about it and I was like are you happy like I am you know excited to see Patrick Stewart don the you know the the you know uniform yeah. again and be Captain Picard and are you also worried like I am right that it's going to taint the legacy of Picard and have bad writing and it's just going to ruin it and they were like <laughs> Josh Henderson's like well I wasn't worried until now <laughs> they didn't think about that because a lot of people haven't thought about that they're so excited to think about Picard and Patrick Stewart that they're oh, not thinking what they're writing shit. I feel like people are going to be too happy that it's him in the first place. And even if the writing's bad, they're like, fucking Patrick Stewart. Is oh, yeah. Back. I mean, he's an actor. He's the inactor. People, people will stick through it for Patrick Stewart. Oh, yeah. No matter what. I mean, he's the actor's actor, you know. He's the man. He's a certain. I can't freaking wait, honestly, to see uh, what happens. You know, like. It's interesting that they're going back to him. Of all the stories they could they could do, they're going they're taking old man Picard and just saying this is what he's doing now as an old man. It's going to be kind of fun. It's going to be interesting to see um, what they actually develop for him character wise. Like nothing's in nothing's like in stone yet as far as what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're gonna have like. Maybe they're going to commandeer a ship and go off with some goose chase. Are they going to bring John Delancey back and have Q involved? Are they going to have guest spots by other, you know, TNG actors and stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, because at this point, Riker would have been captain of the Odyssey or of the Titan for at least what twenty years. You know, so we're, we're looking at possibly having Admiral Riker. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point. Um, did he and Troy have kids? You know, things like lots of fun stuff. You know, twenty years is a long time. Like, dude could have died in a horrible accident. <laughs> no, <they're> not <laughs> you kidding me? It's Frakes. <laughs> it's fucking Jonathan Frakes. They would never do that. That'd Frakes is going to be directing half some of these. He's directed a few episodes of the Discovery already. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a really good director. That's cool. Um, they. Uh, That's neat that they're kind of passing along. Oh no, he's he directed a bunch. Of Levar Burton directed uh, a bunch of episodes. He's the one play. He's the one that played Geordie, oh. the one that played the visor. You know, yeah, from reading Rainbow and Roots and stuff. He's a brilliant actor. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean Michael Dorn, I think directed. A couple, it's they've all taken a turns at the helm. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all pretty cool as far as act, actors go. I think every single one of them. The only one who might not want to do it would be Brent Spiner because he says he doesn't want to play Data anymore because he's aged out of the role. But now with CGI the way it is, they could probably just have him. They could pull some Blade Runner shit on yeah. his ass. No, this like, is what this is what they'll do. I'm pretty sure because at this point, I mean, the man wants a paycheck. Yeah. But you know, he's probably he probably just he hasn't acted in anything really since then. Yeah. Except to play Brent Spiner, you know. Well, he's a cool dude too. 
I like him a lot. I've met him a couple of times at conventions. Not like more than like, hey, how you doing? You're awesome. Right. You know, it's about it. It's like like the he's guy, a cordial dude. Like Mick, uh, Mickey from the uh, the monkeys. I'm just like, hey, Mick. You say hey, and he's like, it's about like That's it. makes kind of our conversations. <laughs> What's up? How's it you going? Know, doing cool. shots, Mick. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's <laughs> like, fun. It's <laughs> like about it. It's my encounters with celebrities. Like I've I've had a lot, but you know, working the convention with my wife and you know, visiting or whatever, yeah. selling stuff there. Um, but they all generally evolve, you know, hey, what's going on? It's like about it. You know, even the guy, uh, the guy who plays Aquaman, I've met him twice. And he yeah, was in both times. I was just like, hey, the longest conversation I had with that man was like after, it was like Sunday morning and then when the con was open, the party, the pre-party the night before on Saturday night had been kind of nuts. And I walked past him and I was like, hey, Jason, you survived the night, huh? That's good. He goes, oh. And he just kept walking. And, you know, and I was like, that's fine. You know, and I don't get flustered around people like that. I would probably get a little flustered around Patrick Stewart just because he's so awesome. And I've met Stan Lee twice in passing. Just before the conventions opened, he would walk the floors. I've met him twice. Yeah. It's Patrick Stewart. You know, it's like, he's awesome. I mean, there's very few people I'd ever get starstruck for. He's probably one of them. He's, I mean... He's a fucking sir. Mm-hmm. Like, he was knighted. Mm-hmm. This man has done so much for film and just for everything about our our movie culture in general. This man is fucking Professor X, too. Like, this oh, man yeah. is fucking everything I love about the X-Men. So I'm excited to see the, uh, the, the Patrick Stewart Star Trek thing that's going to come out again. I'd be interested. That might actually be something to get me into Trek in yeah. a major way. You should watch. I mean, you should watch some of the old movies. They're fun. I mean, Star Trek Two is pretty cool. There's a lot of action in that movie for a Star Trek movie, you know. But uh, it's there's a lot of fun, fun stuff. The original Trek series is really campy, but there are some fun scenes in it. And there's like a, I had talked about this recently with somebody about how like the uniforms and that original series. And the clothing, some of it's fucking phosphorescent. It's so '60s <laughs> and like bright mm-hmm. and flashy. It's so weird. Like no human being would ever wear never like a phosphorescent blue shirt with colored triangles all over and say it's a dress uniform. It's <laughs> insane. It's like somebody would like lost their mind. It was on drugs, you know. The day will probably come where my girlfriend makes me sit down with her and watch all of it. I can't believe Carla hasn't had you watch it yet. Because we have too much stuff that she hasn't seen, so I've been put hammering that through, so that way we can get to the stuff that I haven't seen. No, for God's sake. Because like, like she didn't see Pulp Fiction until I met her. I was like, what? That's a shame. Yeah. She's she's Canadian. because she's a pirate. She's a Canadian pirate. She's That's a pirate. Exactly. It makes sense. <laughs> what is she? She's like Puerto Rican. <laughs> Portuguese, Portuguese pirate. She's Portuguese. She's Portuguese. And as everybody knows, ladies and gentlemen, they're pirates. Anybody that's Portuguese, pirate. Yep. It's, it's, it's a rule. They're okay. pretty much born, and they're in the crib. They're, a, a hook is grafted to their hands. They have two They have two hobbies, hunting the booty and marking X's on maps. That's right. That's, That's what it. they do. Carlos has got a stack <laughs> of them. She's got a big-ass stack of She's going to kick maps. your ass if she hears this. She's going to be like, you mother... How fucking I'm going to tell you. my mom that she's going to cut you with her pirate sword. She, she will. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a... That's so bad. Oh, man. She's got a rapier. She's, she's got a rapier. Rape I know. I know what you meant. It just sounds bad. A rapier. She's got a rapier. It's a whole year. She's rapes. A rape beard. <laughs> she's a rape beard. <laughs> That's terrible. God, it is late and we are slap happy. Oh well. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I think next week. I think next time we record, I want to try something different. I want to have Mike watch an anime. I have. I want to have Mike. Which one? 
Trigun. Oh, you ever watched Trigun? Trigun is very fun. It's very funny. It's very bloody. It's really fucking weird. And it's, <laughs> but it's like it's one of the animes you gotta watch. Almost like uh, Fist of the North Star. Oh yeah, where where like the guy punches oh, the guy twenty well, times, his head just goes oh, boom, it explodes. Like he can touch you in a spot. And make, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> He does this thing. Oh my god, it's so bad. But no, we should watch. You should watch Trigon, and we should. Yeah, we should do that. We always say that. Sometimes at the end of these episodes, we go, "Next time, we're going to do this," and then then like like, two weeks go by, we fucking forget what we said, and we go, "Oh yeah." Did we cover that? It's Did like we? the solo. This Mike, Mike and I sat at dinner. We were like, we covered solo. We spent like 10 minutes talking about it. Did like, we? Did we? I don't think we did. And we had to go back over our previous episodes and I'd listen here and there. I was like, no. No, no we did not. <laughs> They're all on SoundCloud now, ladies and gentlemen. We yes. have our SoundCloud. You can yes. download them off SoundCloud, stream them off SoundCloud. Um, we're on Twitter at, at DFAMPodcast. And of course, we're on Instagram, which lately I've been posting stuff with, you know, old Nintendo Power issues and, and screenshots. Cause it's fun kind of fun. stuff. It's kind of fun. I found my old Nintendo Power collection. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, hit us up. Throw us an email. Bitch at us. Do what um, you gotta just do. Just no dick pics, please. I don't. I don't like that. Forward them to me. No, it's inappropriate. I'm telling your dad. He's gonna beat your ass. <laughs> You're never gonna watch see the light of day, and he's locked in the basement. Oh my god. All right, guys. Have a good time. Peace out. Peace. Peace.